Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and change agents who give us their messages of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. And today, we're talking to writer, teacher, and entrepreneur Tom Kugler. Tom's a great success story, and he's the image of his motto, you can do more than you think. He's someone who wasn't living his dream life, so forged his own path doing what he loves, which is traveling and writing, and now teaches others how to do what you're meant to do, what you love. Tom's full of so many tips for you right now, from how to write on publications to how to create your own journey, forge your path, and live your greatness right now. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Tom. Thanks, Lauren. That was really a great intro. So I appreciate that a lot. Thank you for having me. Thanks. I'm not even sure that you can do more than you think is your motto, but it's definitely what you live. You embody that. So I think we have to give context to who you are. And I don't usually say, oh, tell us your story. But I think it's really interesting that you graduate college and things didn't go quite as you thought they were supposed to, or you were told they were supposed to. How Mm. you forged your own path is just so fabulous that maybe give a quick snapshot. Yeah. I mean, I think I graduated college in 2015 and I, you know, had to go right into surgery actually on my stomach. I have Crohn's disease and I had it really bad back then to the point where I actually had to get about five feet of my small intestine removed. And I'm sorry if that's a little gross. I just have to tell you what happened there. And so I went in, they got the surgery done. It was actually a pretty complicated surgery. It's difficult to do. My friend had the same surgery and she actually went into cardiac arrest and they saved her. Everything was fine. She just needed to go back into surgery to get something fixed. And so this was a really tough surgery. And I remember I got that done about a a month after graduating. And I remember like lying in my hospital bed with morphine injections. I could hit a button and hit morphine because of the pain was so bad in my stomach. And just being able to not really do much of anything and seeing my friends on social media going on these gigantic road trips out West and seeing the United States. And I remember just being there and saying to myself, wow, like, I really wish I could do that. I feel like everybody has gotten a head start on me and I'm still at the starting line. And so I was sitting there doing that. And I think in that moment, I had this I don't really know how to explain what emotion I had. Definitely some jealousy going on my part and definitely some like, I got to get going right now. I have to start this life that I want to live immediately. And so I healed up after about a month. I remember like for a couple of weeks, I couldn't even really walk upright because my stomach was just such trauma there that I had to even get used to like standing up straight again. And then I went to Orlando, Florida after I recovered. And I wanted to go and find a job and get a job in marketing perhaps and start my life in Orlando because we lived in Maryland my whole life, my family. And so I went from, you know, normally cold place to infinitely warm place with lots of sunshine. And I worked at Disney about on an internship 
before I went there. So I had friends and I was like, I really want to live in Florida. It's a really cool place. Orlando is such a cool, magical city. And back then that's what I wanted to do. And so that's kind of like the start of my life there. I can continue going, Lauren, if you want, or if you want to follow up on something. Well, go ahead, because I know things just didn't go quite as planned because I love the way you forged your own path. Maybe you didn't interview well. Things The career didn't go as you thought it was going to. So go ahead. You want to talk about that? Sure. Yeah. So I got to Orlando. I was living with my friend who was a Filipina lady. She was one of my kind of like higher ups when I interned at Disney. And she just allowed me to have like one of her spare rooms just to help me out a little bit. And I think we'll talk about the Philippines later, but she was a massive impact on my life for a lot of different reasons. One of them being she eventually influenced me and showed me her culture, the Philippines culture. And then I went to go live in the Philippines for a few years. I remember I went on a bunch of job interviews. I applied to everything. I was not a really great interviewer. I got so nervous before these interviews and I didn't have any confidence. I remember I walked in with like these, like my mom got me this baggy suit, you know, and that was way too big. And I think her thought process was maybe you'll grow into it, but I'm like 21, I'm not going to grow any more than this. And so I guess, but anyway, I kind of looked like an idiot and I wasn't really finding my way. Like I thought I would, I had a serving job for about two weeks. I was never a server. And I quit that. I just couldn't do it. I was not cut out for, for being a server. And eventually I just decided, I saw an ad for a job at Panera Bread. And I was like, you know what? I got to get a job somewhere. This was like three months after being in Orlando searching for jobs. I got to get a job somewhere. So I went to this open house at Panera. They basically hired me on the spot. Didn't have to interview at all. And I remember being there with like a bunch of like college students, you know, like freshmen, people even in high school. And I was like, I shouldn't be here, but I need to be here because I don't have any money. I need to make money. And so I remember having that job for a couple of weeks and just having an awful time. You know, I had worked at Disney in a restaurant before. I know what it's like to work in a restaurant and Panera. They just weren't as good as Disney at all. And I'm used to pressure. I don't know. I didn't feel really great working there. And so I looked online and I started to research about freelance writing and I started to read these blog posts of these people making thousands of dollars online every month from freelance writing. And so I said, you know what? Like, I like writing. My sister gave me a journal the year before and I filled it out and I talked about my journey in Orlando interning at Disney and I filled out a whole journal. I have it over there. It's in my office. And so it's like my most prized possession. And that got me into writing. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I could write for people. I see so much writing online. People don't know how to write. I could do it. And so I got my first job on Upwork around the same time that I got started at Panera. And I wrote this 5,000 word ebook for this entrepreneur. And she loved it. I turned it in in about eight hours. And I made more in eight hours than I would have made, I think, in like double that time at Panera. And so I was like, huh, I don't have to get yelled at by anybody. I can have fun. I could do this in my pajamas. I could do it whenever I want to. I don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. And I was like, wow, I'm seeing all the benefits and none of the negatives. And so I just decided I was going to quit my job at Panera and pursue freelancing full time. I did freelancing for about two years. I got started writing on Medium, I think in late 2016, and I built my following there. Eventually built a business where I taught other people how to write on Medium as well after seeing some success there. And now I basically just sold courses about Medium for years and used that to fund 
a lot of the travels that I went on around the world. I lived in the Philippines for a while. I live in Mexico now. And so it kind of all stems from that initial story of me getting into freelancing on Upwork. So yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I know you've got quite a following and a lot of people just really appreciate the help that you give them. And you're living your best life, that's for sure. And you're of service to so many other people helping them. You know, why medium? And why was that your choice? Do you think it just kind of fell that way? Yeah. So I'll give you some context, kind of a cool story. So I was following this copywriter. I was on his email list back in 2016. And I remember I actually kind of got to rewind a little bit because after about six months of freelancing, I decided that, hey, I can make you know X amount of dollars every week and I can support myself. Why not just go on like a road trip across the United States, right? And write about it and be like a travel blogger. I had so many people that I looked up to online and Adventurous Kate was one of them. She's so cool. She's this travel blogger that made money while she traveled and she went to Prague and all these places. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I want to do that. And so I decided that I was going to do that and travel. And if I could be a travel blogger, if I didn't travel... And so I actually went from Orlando to New Orleans, and then I went to Austin, Texas, which is such a cool city. Both of the cities are great. Phoenix, Arizona, Tucson, went out to Los Angeles, drove up the Pacific Coast Highway to San Francisco. And I did that road trip. And about halfway through it, when I got to Phoenix, I wrote this article for a publication on Medium that I found. And I did not know that this publication syndicated to the Huffington Post. And so they actually loved my article. It was about my trip so far, what I was doing, why I wanted to do it, what I learned so far. And I got into the Huffington Post because of that. I became a writer there. And so that was like a huge watershed moment for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But that actually didn't start off my medium journey properly. I kind of continued my journey, went on the rest of my road trip. I went to Montana and Utah and Colorado, all this super great you know, places. And then I went back home to Maryland, actually. And I remember when I got home in Maryland, I had heard about Medium for a long time from this guy that I was on his list, this copywriter. And he told me, why don't you try Medium? You know, I've heard good things about Medium. Medium was still like a really basic website back then. It had a very simple feed. You scroll through it. It just gave you the articles of people that you followed. There was no discovery. There's no curation. It was all just like publications. And it was just so simple. It was like YouTube when it got started out, you know? And so I was like, you know what? This place is pretty cool. It was really beautiful too. Like the content editor was super beautiful and crisp and clean and white, and it still is. And so I got started writing there and I said, I have all these lessons that I kind of want to share with people from my road trip that I learned. And maybe I'll write there like five times a week. I just decided I'm going to give Medium a try. I mean, my other WordPress site was getting like no traffic. Nobody could find me, you know, because I don't know, I couldn't promote it anywhere. It was just a website, you know, and Medium was a social media platform. And so I was like, huh, I think I can get discovered here a bit better. And so after about three weeks of writing there, five days a week, my publication started to get followers. Like it started to get like 20 followers a day. I was like, huh, this is actually really cool. Like I'm starting to get attention here. And it continued. I started to get more views, more followers to my personal page, to my publication and et cetera, et cetera. And it just started to grow and grow and grow. And then I eventually, I think I got to about 10,000 followers in a year on Medium. And so 
just writing there five times a week. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I got started writing on Medium a little bit. Yeah. I think that's great. You know, you said something in the beginning about when you were, I think, in the hospital still where you were feeling behind. Yeah. I think that's so interesting because even earlier this year, I was like, I'm getting behind. It's such a ridiculous, like, whose timetable? And so many people talk about it. There's no behind. There's no timetable. And there isn't any. And so many people have that feeling. It doesn't matter if you just graduated college. It doesn't matter if you're in the middle of your career. It doesn't matter where you are. There's always a sense, uh-oh, I'm getting behind. I wonder if it's a construct of social media. I wonder if it's just a construct of life these days. Like, behind what? Whose timetable? I kind of want to touch on that because like, and who says that wherever your friends are in the future is a place that is going to work for you. Like yeah. it's something that you want. You know, I just got lucky. I mean, I did want to travel, but like, what if they were doing, so- I mean, I wanted to get a job, you know, because my friends had a job, but lo and behold, like I didn't really want a job. I kind of just wanted to have a little bit more freedom and write. And so, yeah, that's another problem of the whole like mentality of they're ahead of me. They're ahead of me. It's like, wait, where they are, you might not even want to be. And that's what I tell a lot of writers these days. It's like, maybe you don't want to have all that attention. Maybe you don't want to be like that. Maybe you want to do something else with your platform. And so that's why we shouldn't idolize the people that we follow on social media, I think, too. Oh, yeah. And plus, it's an artificial construct. Whatever timeline you set for yourself, it's artificial. Like you said that, like, who cares? (laughs) There's no like rule in the universe that says I must have, you know, my business straight, you know, by tomorrow, or I need to have this amount of money when I'm 25 or something. There is no rules in the universe. And that's another huge thing. Yeah. It's all made up. Yeah, exactly. So I found that just to be interesting. Okay. So somebody listening, they have a dream, they have something they want to do, but they're scared to leap. They're scared to just go for it the way you did. What would you tell them? You know, I would say to kind of warm yourself up to it a little bit. You know, I didn't just become a writer at the Huffington Post, like immediately after I got started, I kind of built up that confidence little by little, you know, I started to write in a journal and I liked it. And then I decided to, you know, apply for a job in Upwork that paid me a hundred bucks to write. 5,000 where, I mean, that's like nothing, you know, but I did it. And so I gained my confidence there. I was just so shocked that entrepreneur loved it. I was like, wow, really? You liked it? She's like, yeah, I really loved it. I was like, huh, that makes me feel really good. And I'm really happy you liked it. And it makes me feel like I could do this, you know? And so that was a big moment. And then I started to like, I tried to punch above my weight. I tried to apply to, to write on websites like that were relatively large and I got in And then I just kept practicing. I kept getting better and I kept growing that confidence. And, you know, I didn't just think that all of a sudden out of the blue that I could start my freelancing, like my freelancing kind of career. I did small jobs here and there. And then I built up my confidence until eventually I said to myself, you know what, I'm making X amount of dollars right now and spending, you know, 20 hours per week. What if I did 40 and I'd make this money probably, and then I'd be able to do something that I wanted to do. And then the math made sense. And I just slowly built that up over time. And it took me about a year and a half of writing to get into the Huffington Post. And then, you know, it took me another year after that to get 10,000 followers on Medium. And so, yeah, this stuff takes a little bit of time. So what I would say is to answer your original question, just build up your confidence little by little. Again, like we said before, like there's no timetable here. And it doesn't matter how much progress you make. What matters is where the progress is taking you. I'd much rather you be making less money and be happy than 
you making more money and being unhappy. So just make sure that you're heading in the right direction, first of all, and then just baby step that thing until you've been doing it for about a year, whatever you want to do, little things here and there, do something for free, like get some experience. Don't work for free forever here, but like, you know what I mean? And get some experience, get some confidence. And then I think you're going to reach this watershed moment where you're going to feel really confident that you can jump. You know, it's not going to be like Indiana Jones last crusade where he just steps out into nothing. You're going to feel like you can really make that jump, you know? And so, yeah, that's kind of what I would say, Lauren. Yeah. What's the most common question you're asked? About writing or just anything? About going on your own journey and following your own path. And it could be about when you tell people what you do. I love that. I love telling people what I do. You probably say, how do I do that? (laughs) Well, people, they don't understand it. You know, they don't get it. I'm like, they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a writer. And they ask me, what do you write about? And that's probably the question that I get the most. What do you write about? And I hate that question because I'm like, a lot of things, you know, like social media and like life lessons and travel and stuff I learned. And they always look at me like I have five heads and I'm like, well, it's a little difficult to explain to you that I wrote an article about how I'm getting older and how I'm afraid of dying and I'm 29 years old and I'm having an existential crisis. You want me to tell you that? Like, what do you want me to say? And then if I told them that, then they'd probably look more of a horror movie, basically. And so, yeah, that's the question I get the most is, what do you write about? And I hate that question because I can never answer it and give it the respect that it needs. It's like, this is my life. You know, what don't I write about? You know, that's the better question. What don't I write about? I write about everything. And then they basically just leave it there at that. And I'm like, well, I wish I could show you some blog posts. I wish we could talk about some of the things I'm writing about because I love talking about deep topics and I like to see what other people think. And I love to ponder, you know, what's truth and what isn't true, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, that's the question I get the most to answer your question. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. You are definitely an open book and authentic. So what's the hardest challenge that you're proudest of overcoming and how'd you do it? My biggest challenge recently was actually I had a really tough... Okay, I'll talk about this. So I went to the Philippines. I lived there for a couple of years and I had a YouTube channel where I talked about the Philippines quite a bit and it got really popular. Like I had a bunch of videos on Facebook, do millions of views and people knew who I was. It got to the point where people would like noticed me in public and kind of recognized me and come over to me and say, Hey, are you Tom? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm Tom. Like, what's up? You know? And then they would ask for a picture or something, or they'd want to talk for a bit. And I love that. But I also felt a lot of pressure, you know, because I needed to be that same person they saw and, you know, whatever. So I got like really popular over there. And after a while, I wanted to start to talk about some of the problems that I saw in that country, like dabbling in politics dabbling in some of the, there's just rampant poverty over there. It's really quite sad. In talking to a lot of Filipinos, I started to understand like why their country was struggling so much. And so I started to make videos about this and I got so much pushback for making these videos, like tons of pushback. Like the people who said, thanks for talking about my country, Tom, like, thanks for this. Thanks for this. Just turned around and said, like, you shouldn't be talking about this. You're just a foreigner. What do you know? And I'm like, well, if you were listening to me before, like, why aren't you listening to me now? You know, like, why aren't you listening to my perspective now? What changed? You know, why does my perspective not matter now? It's because I was being critical. And so I kind of had this 
I'm not saying it was good that I did this because I don't know. Sometimes I feel like foreigners really shouldn't talk about like other countries and how they should be run. You know, there's kind of like a gray area there. And so I actually had like a lot of people from the Philippines kind of like turn on me. And I really like feel a lot of pain for that to this day. And I went from like having a lot of people like me and stuff and to a lot of people like don't want to see me ever again. And it was ridiculous. I had like half a million followers on Facebook for a while. And I mean, just imagine, you know, like when I went live, I had a thousand people in the live room immediately. And so that was a lot. And so I kind of had to overcome like just tons of people hating me. And I moved away from the Philippines. I broke up with somebody that I was with at the time. And I just basically just, my life was in shambles because I thought my life would be in the Philippines. I'd have my business there. I'd keep making videos. That would be my life. And then about like early last year, I just, it was in shambles. Like I didn't know where to go. I was back home with my parents. I was back at step one in the process, right? After being like this kind of famous guy over there and stuff. And I don't say that to my own horn. I'm just being honest here. And so, you know, that moment was really tough for me. That was a tough moment because it's like, who even are you, Tom? You know, you're like talking about other countries. You're hurting people. Like my girlfriend, I broke up, you know, you move back home. Like, what's your goal in life? What's your direction? Where are you going? And then I realized that I really need to just like it better. I need to like cultivate more character. I need to look at my faults and try to get better. I need to have some humility. I have to like look at myself and say, what am I doing wrong here? How can I be a man of character, right? And so I started to read a lot of books and I just tried my darndest to change. And that was a tough moment for me. It's kind of like a quarter life crisis, except I was like 28 at the time, 27, 28. So not exactly quarter life crisis, but I kind of had a pretty big crisis after thinking my whole vision for my future just kind of crumbled. And about this time last year, I decided I'm going to come to Mexico. The borders are open. It's legal to fly there. So why not? I'll go there. And I'm still here, you know? And so I'm really happy I got out of that moment in my life. I mean, it's nothing compared to what a lot of other people go through. But for me, it was like an identity crisis. It was like a mental identity crisis. Like, who am I? And guilt and beating myself up. And that was a tough moment for me, I think. Yeah, that time. I really appreciate you sharing that. There's a lot in that. I love that. Do you have a message of hope that you want to share? Yeah. You know, my girlfriend, she's getting her master's degree. She's presenting her thesis today to a bunch of, you know, people that grading her thesis or whatever. I don't know how it works, you know. And she told me that one of the people who was assessing her thesis told her that it's too broad. It's too hard, I guess, what he was saying. It was like she needed to make, maybe make it a little bit more focused. And I told her, I said, like, yeah, go ahead and you can listen to them if you want. And maybe you need to change, but today you're presenting and you can't think of anything bad or negative at this point in time. You just kind of have to present it and have a lot of confidence in yourself and not think about any negative thoughts at all. You know, like have supreme confidence in your idea. Don't think about, you know, what's going to happen if the people assessing your master's degree don't like it. Just go and perform and have confidence in yourself, you know? And so I think. That's probably the main thing I would tell people is just have a little bit more confidence in yourself. Whenever you feel a negative thought coming into your head, try to banish it because a lot of times, 99% of the time, it just, it's not going to help you in any meaningful way. 
And so if you just get rid of that thought as it comes into your mind, I understand it's difficult for some people. And, you know, a lot of people, we have anxiety and all this stuff. And it's not as simple as that sometimes, but for me, it works. And so, yeah, just banish those negative thoughts as fast as possible and try to just imagine yourself winning with whatever you're doing. You know, wrestling taught me that. I wrestled for eight, nine years, you know, my life. And, you know, I mean, talk about a pressure. That sport is the hardest sport I ever did. Going into hand-to-hand combat with another person who's jacked and who could squat like, you know, like 500 pounds, you know, I mean, imagine that. You kind of have to, in moments like that, find ways to just think, I'm going to win. I got to win. You know, you can't think about their tree trunk sized legs, you know, as you go into the center of the mat to shake their hand. So that's what I would say. That's great. Do you have moments when you feel like giving up? I know you just talked about with the YouTube mm-hmm. channel and everything. Do you have tools that you use to get you through? I know you just talked about banishing the negative thoughts. Do you journal? Do you meditate? Do you have affirmations? Do you have certain things that you do on a regular basis? Do you run? Yeah, Lauren, I kind of feel like I white knuckle this, you know, I kind of feel like I just get through it with my teeth gritted, you know, and like, I think wrestling taught me that I've talked about wrestling a lot, but I really think that that sport taught me so much. I mean, I can endure a lot. I really feel like I can endure a good bit of stuff. And I don't really talk about that too much. But a lot of times people tell me the reason I know this is because you know, I wrote my fifth article and it's going nowhere. Like, and I want to quit. And I'm like, really, you want to quit? And I think to myself, like, wow, I would have never thought to quit after five articles. Like I would have thought to quit after maybe like a hundred or 200, because like, you don't see success like that in wrestling or sports after like five practices, you don't say to yourself, why am I not LeBron James? Why can't I dunk this basketball here after five? You just don't, you know? And so I think maybe I'm pretty aware of what it takes to succeed, I think, and all of the work that it requires. And I think that I'm just like ready to just go to war and work hard at it. And a lot of people, maybe they're not as self-aware. So maybe that's the answer to the question. It's like more aware of what it actually takes to get to wherever you want to go. Understand it takes time. And when you understand that, you give yourself grace because you're like, okay, well, other people haven't become, you know, LeBron James after five basketball practices. So I'm good, you know, and just take a look at like the stories of other people, the inspiring stories of other people as well. I looked at Adventurous Kate, you know, and she said, it took me a year of blogging to actually make any money from it. So I was like, okay, cool. Like that's my barometer for success. I got a year. I'll do it for a year and I'll see what happens. And so that answers the question too. Like looking at the success stories of other people and seeing how long it took them and what they did and just replicating what they did really helped get me through like moments of my blogging career where I, I might have thought of quitting. You know, yeah, give yourself grace, give yourself more time, and don't beat yourself up about it. So yeah, those things. I think that was a fabulous answer. I love that. Thank you so much. Thanks for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. Yeah, thank you, Lauren, for having me. I really appreciate it. 
I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Tom's messages of dedication, being your authentic self, and to think big in a positive way. Such great messages to take into your week ahead. Tune in next week when author, podcaster, and attitude adjuster Emily Threat joins 52 Weeks of Hope. You know that feeling when you really need something and there's just a vacuum, a vacuous space? Emily's one of those people who created what's needed when nothing existed for her. She needed positive reinforcement after grief and none existed, so she created it and it's now her mission to comfort and support those dealing with loss, focusing on happiness and getting to a joyful existence. Her tools in her award-winning book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief, are some of the same tools I use every day. You're going to love this episode. She was I just amazing to talk to. That's next week. I know you'll love this episode. Let me know what you liked on this week's episode, who you'd like to hear, if there's certain topics that you want more of about confidence or getting to your own truth or walking through fear. Let me know what it is. You can just DM me. Go to the website at 52weeksofhope.com. Send me a message there. That's the best way. If you're driving, don't do not do that. Just text. You can always text, not while you're driving, 52hope, the number 52hope to 6686. That's always easy. Text the number 52HOPE to 66866 or just go to the website at 52weeksofhope.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Lauren Abrams.